Welcome to another episode of Clear Thinking, brought to you by Better Broadhead. We are a coalition serving the communities of the Broadhead School District, working to reduce youth substance use, bullying, and dating violence through education, awareness, and advocacy. I am your host, Jessica Maris. I'd like to welcome Stephanie Hormig to today's episode. Stephanie, for those listening who might not know who you are, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. So uh, my name is Stephanie. Um, I go by Steph. My pronouns are she, her. I am currently the LGBTQ plus survivor advocate with Defy Domestic Abuse Beloit. I also am the chair and runner of the Rock County LGBTQ plus committee. And I currently work for all of Rock County focused on domestic violence, which also includes sexual assault for the LGBTQ community. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for joining me. As I'm sure everyone who's listening is aware, uh, we are solidly in the middle of the holiday season. You know, it, we yeah. call it the most wonderful time of the year. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be a time of joy, generosity, family, and celebrations. Unfortunately for some, it's everything but joyous and celebratory. For some people, yeah. this time of year is really, really hard. When I was getting ready for today, I came across a couple of numbers that were pretty heartbreaking, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Is it okay if we talk about it a little bit? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I, can, I can already imagine. I can pretty... I can pretty much tell you what you're going to tell me with numbers. That night, not good. Yeah. So in a 2018 LGBTQ youth report that the Human Rights Campaign conducted, they found that only 24% of LGBTQ youth can definitely be themselves as an LGBTQ person at home. So if you look at that number, out of 100 people, only 24%. Right. can be themselves. So you flip that around. I mean, let's say, what is that? 76%, I think, if I'm doing the math correctly, don't yeah. feel like they can absolutely be themselves 100% when they're at home. Right. And then also 76% reported, which we think about it, the 76% who can't be themselves, right. they found that they had heard at least once their family members say negative things about LGBTQ people. That makes for a really difficult holiday season. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I always also preface with any statistic you get about the LGBTQ plus community or even domestic violence or sexual mm-hmm. assault, that only 30% of people report oh, in wow. those categories. So when this is only 30% of the, all of the LGBTQ plus population that is giving this answer. So that is my guess is the number, sadly, is probably a lot higher than 76% if we include thinking of people that don't want to talk about it, you know, Um, which is understandable. Those numbers are very high and Mm -hmm. they're very sad, but it makes complete sense to me that if they have a family that they don't feel comfortable with, that a family member has made some type of derogatory comment. Those two stats matching up makes perfect sense to me. Right, exactly. Um, But it's sad. It's sad and it's true. And as I have You know, um, I'm a part of the community. I'm bisexual. And as a person in the community, but also trying to help our community and be a person to give some type of holiday spirit to the community, I see it in many different ways. For me, when you look at it, it's hard to make someone feel happy about something that's traumatizing. Mm -hmm. So when you look at those numbers, you have to think, 
there probably was a trauma associated with that. So a trauma of someone that they love and care about making a comment about the LGBTQ community, and maybe they haven't come out yet. So now, even though that maybe joke or comment that a person that they've always looked up to for their whole life, now they're like, oh my gosh, they're not the person I thought. This completely changes how I look at this person. And we've all had those moments, especially with our parents. I think we, you know, tend to put our parents up on a pedestal or, you know, look at them through the lens of a a kid where you can't do no wrong. Mm -hmm. And then you come to a point in your life where you have to look at it through the other way. And to have that happen, sadly, probably at a very young age, not only that, but talking about who I am and putting down who I am. Of course, I don't want to come out. Of course, I don't want to talk about it. Of course, I don't feel safe. So even though they're really high and it saddens me, it sadly doesn't surprise me. It's absolutely heartbreaking to think that anyone be made to feel as if they are less than and that they can't trust and be safe with their family. The first grownups you trust are your parents, your family, or a guardian of some sort. Stephanie, what are some ways that those who are LGBTQ and they're going to be home or they are at home, maybe they're, they're not 18 yet, what are some ways that they can protect their hearts and keep themselves safe? Yeah, this is a great thing that I've been actually focused on doing with a lot of the clients I have as well as the groups that I'm in right now, and that's safety planning. I know it sounds very okay. weird to maybe have a safety plan for the holiday season, but it's really important, especially with the LGBTQ and LGBTQ youth to boot because they can't just get in their car and drive away if something happens necessarily. Right. Yeah. So I talk about safety planning and I talk about it in different layers, but it's important to have a plan for yourself in your head if you're not out to anybody. So if you haven't come out yet, and that is perfectly okay because it is your choice and when you want to share that, you have to make some internal boundaries for yourself. You need to focus on boundaries. What are my boundaries? When am I going to say something? So if, okay, well, grandma made one tiny comment, I'm going to let it slide. But the next person that says something, that's my boundary. That's when I'm going to step in. Or maybe you're okay with letting the joke slide, but when they start talking about violence or, you know, the media, that's your time when you're like, nope, I'm done. Thinking about what your personal boundaries are and figuring out what those are first is really important. And I think for a teenager whose boundaries they're trying to figure out already with going through hormones and, um, you know, brain development, it's a hard thing to do. So, just saying, okay, figure out your boundaries to someone isn't the best way. It's really important to kind of dive into thinking about your boundaries on what you tolerate, what you believe in, where are your morals and your values mm-hmm. placed to find those boundaries. Once you have those boundaries, you can make that safety plan. Okay, all right, so my boundary is I'm going to allow one joke to slide, but after that I'm going to say something. That's my boundary. Once I have that, okay, so now what am I going to do when that boundary is breached? Am I going to say something and then give them a chance to fix it? And then the next time they do it, walk to a different room? Or am I just going to walk to a different room to start with? 
So, you know, th- that kind of thing. So figuring out your boundaries as a person and then developing some type of safety plan. Now, depending on the age of a person, I think safety planning can look a little different. Okay. So if you're a youth and you can't, like I said, get up and go, um, you know, moving yourself to another room or having a conversation with a safe person at your family gathering. Maybe it's a cousin that's your age or younger. Maybe it's a grandparent or a parent or an aunt or an uncle, somebody that maybe you trust to have a conversation. Now you don't have to come out to them necessarily, but have a conversation of, you know, I know in the past I've heard family dinners, this topic of anti LGBTQ plus has come up. I'm not going to take that anymore because it offends me and the people I care about. And so I would really appreciate if you could back me up or I could, I would really appreciate it that if I leave the room, that you start a different conversation or you change the topic or whatever the case may be. Also just say, Hey, if I walk into the other room, I'm having a really hard time. Would you just follow me? Would you just be there for me? Things of that nature. I think those are some of the best things to do, being able to walk away. And if you are old enough to have a support system, you have come out, you've Mm -hmm. told maybe your close family and you're going into a situation where you have to be with the bigger family or the more outreach part of your family, having a conversation with your nuclear family and being like, hey, can we have a code word? Yes. When You know, yeah. if I say sandwich or whatever that may be, that means that I'm done. I've tapped out. I can't take it anymore. And I would like to leave as soon as possible. Or maybe that word means I'm going to get up and leave right now. or I'm going to get up and go outside or whatever that code word means. But having a code word has been really helpful for some people so that their family who may be in a different room or, you know, in a separate conversation within a room knows that that word or that phrase means my trust has been breached. My boundary has been crossed and I'm done or I need you to do something to help. So those are the key things that I always say to be thinking about when, you know, you're in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you're an adult, that still doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. <laughs> and right, it still doesn't absolutely. mean that it's a, not, not, a, not a problem. But again, you do have the hopefully access to, okay, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to leave. It's hard to remember yeah, sometimes when you're setting those boundaries or you're making those changes that sometimes the right choice isn't necessarily easy. Sometimes it makes you sad, but you have to take care of yourself. You have to protect yourself. Right. And because the damage is done. And if you ignore your boundaries, easy to say the phrase in one ear and out the other, but nobody that I've ever met has really truly let it go in one ear and out the other. Right. It's actually not do about it. Think about it as they're going to sleep. It eats away, especially a youth that is, in the LGBTQ plus community, maybe weighing out if they should come out or not. It's going to sit there. They're going to remember that for the rest of their life, that Uncle Joe said a, said a horrible thing. I don't have an Uncle Joe, but I'm using a, <laughs> a name. Game. So I'm sorry to all the Joes out there. Um, <laughs> but if, if that person does that, you've already created a wall. You've already created mm-hmm. a horrible boundary with that person that you don't want to be around them. You don't feel comfortable. You don't feel respected. You don't feel loved. And you dwell on that because mm-hmm. especially if that person is really important to you in your life and it changes the chemistry of how your brain thinks. It also changes who you are. 
And so keeping that in your brain as a person, maybe that's an ally Mm -hmm. for the LGBTQ plus community is really important too. So even if you're heterosexual, but you're going into a holiday event where you have family or friends at the gathering that you know are a part of the community, Mm -hmm. that's when we really need as a community. And again, I'm in the community. So I say that we really need the allies to step up and say something. Yeah, absolutely. For those of us who are allies, who, you know, might have a friend or a family or even co-workers that are mm-hmm. LGBTQ, how can we best support them? Because I know when you love someone, you, you want to be supportive and sometimes you might not know what to say or there may be phrases that are very common that we use that aren't really that helpful. Yeah. Other times, you know, something has happened. So I was like, hey, if you need me, I'm there, which is a, it's really nice to, ha- to hear that, but it isn't always so helpful because if right. I'm in a crisis... Mm-hmm. I don't know what I need. Like, can, exactly. can you just like show up and I don't maybe wash my dishes or something? So, so <laughs> what, what are some things that like small actions with big impact that we can do to be supportive Absolutely. in the best way? Absolutely. I think taking the step and having a conversation with that person, either right when they get to the holiday event or send them a text before and say, Hey, I'm there for you. If you need me, if you need a code word or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm here for you. Just let me know. That is a huge thing. Also, being the person that calls it out in the conversation. So, again, if an uncle or a cousin creates a joke and everybody's laughing, you can be like, you know, I don't really find that funny because I think it's Mm. insulting to people that are in the LGBTQ plus community. So, taking the action for the other person. And not doing it in a rude way necessarily, but taking the action as being like, you know, in this room and in this space where we're supposed to be family, I'm not going to let this slide. Thing applies, I'm going to say, in the situation, because this comes up as well in family gathering, is okay. racism. Mm. You know, the connection and the intersectionality between race and LGBTQ plus is really important, too, because a lot of our violence, sadly, that is happening in the LGBTQ world, especially in the transgender community, is for people of color. So yes. if you're in yeah. a room with someone who is not only LGBTQ, but a person of color, and you just let something slide, it's not appropriate. You need to make those statements. We've, we've kind of gotten to the point where a lot of, I hear my relatives go, well, everything is PC. You can't say anything and blah, blah, blah. Mm, I can, we can have disagreements. I think I've seen this on a Facebook post. We can have disagreements and we can still be friends. But if the disagreement is about human rights, and about making people feel human and yeah. what a right of a human being is, that's not a disagreement anymore. Right. It's such an important difference. You know, if, if we're going to argue over whether pineapple should be on pizza, that's one thing. Exactly. But when you're talking about but, the humanity of people mm-hmm. and, and dignity and respect, well, then, you know, right. there's, there's a line there. You mentioned a lot about boundaries and something that was really helpful for me when learning how to start doing that was mm-hmm. um, somebody said to me, you set your boundaries, but remember, you're not responsible for how the other person responds to those boundaries. If they get upset, that's on them. Yeah. Because it can be really hard to do that. What if I set this boundary and somebody gets angry? Well, maybe they do, but you you need to set that boundary to protect yourself, Absolutely. to take care of yourself. And how they respond, that's for them yes. to figure out. Yes. And it's so important. And one of the best books that I've ever read and it's a short read like I read it in probably a day and a half is called Set Boundaries Find Peace 
a guide to reclaiming yourself and it's by Nedra Glover Tawaba. And it's an amazing book that is really short to read. And it goes through step-by-step figuring out what you are as a person with boundaries. Do you set healthy boundaries? Do you set healthy boundaries at work, but maybe don't set healthy boundaries at home? Mm. Do you set healthy boundaries with friends, but maybe not so much with your family? And it also helps you figure out what kind of boundary person you are. Mm -hmm. And it goes through how you look at boundaries and what you can do to make boundaries work for you and what you can and cannot tolerate. I am actually on her Instagram because she's an amazing person and she gives these amazing little quick, short little reminders daily to everybody on, on boundaries and mm-hmm. what you need to do. And right now she's been doing a lot in regards to family. You know, a family's choice doesn't mean it's your choice. Just like you said, mm-hmm. you know, just because I have decided to take a stand doesn't mean that everybody has to agree with me, but there should be space for both. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I think it's really important. If anybody is looking to read a book, um, Mm -hmm. it is one of my favorites. Just her post yesterday, she, it says family is not solely on blood. It's also the people you choose the people you feel deeply connected to the people that you lovingly hold it dear, but you all, that also holds you accountable and you hold them accountable. And that I think is why a lot of the LGBTQ plus community find so many families not in their blood family. They family is not family solely blood. Exactly. If they can't get it from the family, they can't ever come out or they can't feel accepted. They, they make their own family with people that they can feel connected to, that they can feel accepted by. They don't feel belittled all of those Mm -hmm. things. Thank you, Stephanie. This has been really, this has been encouraging for me. I'm glad I I could talk and I, and I would just encourage everybody to, you know, if you're going into a holiday situation, whether you're a part of the community or not, be a positive force, be a positive influence, take a step out of your comfort zone to help somebody else feel comfortable. For those who might be struggling right now, who have questions or maybe even need some extra support, what are yeah. some resources that are available? Oh, absolutely. So, um, obviously, I, I'm the chair and run the Rock County LGBTQ Committee. So, we are here for anybody. Um, like I said, I'm also a case manager, so I can work with you individually. If you want to get in touch with me, I can definitely do that. Um, but also, there's lots of things going around in Rock County specifically and in Greene County in different spaces that are LGBTQ-friendly. So, for example, Janesville Pride. Janesville Pride is uh, a wonderful organization that does different activities. They're working with the library this year to do different little pop-up things that are up to the entire community, but is also funded by the Janesville Pride, so you know you're going to have a support system there. Um, You know, we have Yellow Brick Road here in Beloit that did a movie a couple weeks ago that was LGBTQ, but also um, for everybody in the community. Um, We did a Friendsgiving this year with all of the organizations um, in the LGBTQ world here in our area. So there are things like that that are happening. So if you mm-hmm. want those resources, I would really uh, highly encourage you to go to Facebook, go to the Facebook pages of, like I said, Janesville Pride. We have BASE, 
in Evansville also does a great job of planning things for um, the LGBTQ community that makes it so it's not, oh, this is only for the LGBTQ, you know, it's for mm-hmm. the entire community, but it's, you know, focused or it is sponsored by an LGBTQ person. When it comes to talking to someone and going into that mental health exploration, I mm-hmm. always recommend someone to find um, a really good counselor. I know it's hard right now and maybe you're not ready to go there, but if you just want to reach out and talk to someone, again, please feel free to reach out to me. I have resources that can be specific to um, maybe what part of the LGBTQ plus community you're in. And also we here at Family Services, which is where I work under Defy is through Family Services, we have counseling services as well. And we work with everybody in the community. Yeah, thank you. To those who are listening, if you do need those supports, please, please reach out. There's some amazing people out there who care about you and want to see you safe and thriving. Yep. And we know that this year is, this time of year is hard on everybody and mental health is so important, Mm -hmm. especially this time of year. So know you're not alone and that you have people to talk to. I run a support group for the LGBTQ community, um, as well as I co-run a support group for friends and family of the LGBTQ plus community, where we talk as people that care and love LGBTQ Mm -hmm. and are maybe in the LGBTQ. So that also might be something helpful for people, especially around this time to kind of talk about different things and be there for each other. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Thank you again for joining me. Absolutely. No problem. Thank you for having me and being willing to do this. It's important and especially this time of year. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm able to do it. Thanks for listening to Clear Thinking, a podcast produced by Better Broadhead. We are a federal grant-funded coalition building a community where everyone is valued and safe. To learn more about our work, to volunteer, or to listen to other podcasts, visit us on the web at www.betterbroadhead.org or contact us through Facebook. Until next time, take care of yourself. Take care of one another.